I want to preach a message on today that I think you are going to get offended by, but um, I don't care. It'll still bless you. Amen. Uh, this sermon is called, I Hope You Fail. I Hope You Fail. You're mad already. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Uh, Y'all, listen. I know it's 9 o'clock, but you better wake up in here. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. I hope you fail. Amen. Some of y'all so deep. I don't receive that in Jesus' name. Okay, all right. You're going to understand by the time I get done with this today. We pray. Um, around the turn of the 19th century, a Russian psychologist and physician named Ivan Pavlov did a number of experiments that won him a Nobel Peace Prize. The experiments centered around how dogs respond when food is near. He noticed that dogs naturally salivate when food is presented to them. And Pavlov wanted to see if salivation could be caused by another stimulant other than food. Are you with me? So he conditioned, everybody say condition. Conditioned the dogs, watch this, by ringing the bell before feeding them. And he did this so frequently that the dogs became conditioned to salivate even if there was no food presented. You still ain't with me. Pavlov referred to this learned relationship as, watch this, conditioned reflex. It is a neurological condition that is centered around learning and memory. It's when a repeated stimulation is presented with an unconditioned reflex. This is the reason, let me put it like this, this is the reason why I don't like to drive down Arlington Road in between Arlington Expressway and Atlantic Boulevard. Because how I was conditioned when I received three speeding tickets three days in a row as a result of my own lead foot. My feelings of embarrassment and fear has now developed into a conditioned reflex where I now avoid the entire street. And the truth is, many of us, whether consciously or subconsciously, when it comes to the place where we have failed, we have developed a conditioned reflex. So any stimulant of failure moves us to a behavior that we sometimes don't recognize that we even doing it. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Any reminder of the mistake in the past shuts us down and we go into what we have been conditioned to do. Ah, like I'm preaching right now and you are so conditioned that when the preacher starts preaching, let me tune out, get on my phone, text everybody that I know. But uh, look at somebody say, change your condition, change your condition. Uh, any reminder of a mistake in the past shuts us down and we go into what we've been conditioned to do. Uh, so when I feel failure, uh, so let me go to my weed. When I feel failure, let me go to my liquor. When I feel failure, let me go to overeating. I know you neighbor don't want to tell the truth because it's too early to be dishonest but let me when I feel failure let me go to the place where I escape isolate or disengage because any look of failure makes me want to go back into what I've been conditioned and trained to do oh god and a big part of a of spiritual growth is allowing the grace of God to saturate our lives in a way that God can recondition those conditioned reflexes the only way that I can stop responding to failure the way I usually respond and stop doing what I usually do is I have to allow the grace of God to permeate my mind, my heart, and my spirit so that I can change from the outside in, uh, from, okay, from the inside out. The problem is that many of us only want to change what's on the outside and still a mess on the inside. But God says, I'm not looking for what you got on the outside. I'm looking for the inside because while man Man looks on the outward appearance God looks at your heart it's your inside that God is after okay touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor say neighbor it's your inside that God is after that's why I have to offer my body as a living sacrifice so I don't conform to the pattern that I'm used to because what I'm used to is a conditional reflex but I have to be transformed by the renewing of my mind to change my reflexes y'all still ain't with me I'm preaching above where y'all at it's 
there anybody in here that say, I need my mind to change because the only way that I'm going to stop doing what I've always done is I got to get my mind to change and for me to see how what I'm doing ain't working no more. Is there anybody in here that say, what I used to do, it don't work anymore. How I used to handle it, it don't work for me anymore because I keep knocking my head against the wall, but it ain't making it better. I need to change my reflexes. And this is difficult when dealing with failure in our lives because our minds have to be renewed in how we see what success and failure is in our lives. Uh, Can I tell you this? Come on, let's go. What the world says is success. This is what the world says is success. Financial success, popularity, power and influence, relationship, happiness, uh, intellect and education, giftedness, strength and security. That's what the world teaches you, that if you have these things, then you're successful. Uh, Now, there's nothing wrong with them, and they all can be used righteously, but the reality is, is that you can and have all seven and still fail in life. Okay, I ain't got a church yet. Uh, come on, you saw it this week as you looked at the news and saw how rich people who are popular, who got power and influence, got relationship happiness, got intellect and education, got giftedness, who has strength and security, still cheated the system with trying to get their children in college illegally because you can have all that and still be a failure. Sorry I just busted your bubble because you thought if I got more money, then I'll be successful but how many know if you take a crackhead and give them more money all money gonna do is make them more of a crackhead Uh, none of that really makes you happier because you can get more money and still not feel secure. You can secure the bag and still not feel happy. You can have a relationship and still feel all by yourself. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. But it's not until the spiritual aspects of our lives are fulfilled that failure no longer feels final. When I realize that I might have failed in some areas but God is not done with my life yet, then whatever I failed at, I don't have to feel like a failure. Grab your neighbor by the hand shake it real good and tell them neighbor you might have failed but you're not a failure ah because if any man be in Christ he is a new creation I might have failed but I'm not a failure I might have missed the mark but I'm not a failure it's my spiritual aspect that doesn't make me a failure this is why I hope you fail Rebuke you. Okay, all right. This is why I hope you fail. Because, listen to this, what if I told you that failure is actually a huge part of being successful? That in order to be successful, you have to get comfortable with failure. Because failure is where all the lessons of life I learned. And it's not until you learn that God's grace is sufficient that your strength can be made perfect in your weakness. It's not until you live at the edge of your capabilities that you can live in the success that God has for you. It's just like when you go to the gym. Do you know when you go to the gym, you actually seek in failure? Ooh, I'm messing some of y'all up right there. Because when you take your muscles to the point of failure, watch this, that's when growth actually begins. Successful people learn to fail a lot. But they take the lessons and the wisdom and use what they learn to usher them into the success that God has for them. See, when I learn the the lesson about money, then I'll have more of it. When I learn the lesson about relationships, I'll have more peace. When I learn the lesson and stop being stuck on stupid and stop doing the same stuff over and over again and ain't learning no lesson from it. Ah, so when so my failure in my finances was a teacher that is bringing me into a prosperous place. You got to learn the lesson. Okay, God told me to announce to you that the lessons from your failure in the last season 
He's going to use it to get you to success in this season. God, help me. Can I come? I came to tell somebody, I know you feel like you failed, and I know you feel like you left behind, but God wanted me to tell you that nothing you went through will be lost. Nothing that you had to struggle through will be lost in the next season of your life. God is going to take all your failures, all your success, and combine them together to make all things work together for your good. Is there anybody in here that could give God praise on credit? at 9 o'clock service and say I might have had some failures but God is going to make it all work together for my good. I need to know y'all ain't praising them like I need you. There needs to be somebody in here that takes a pause for the cause and give God glory that nothing I went through shall be lost. Nothing I went through. No tear I had to cry will be lost. God help me. No sleepless night I had to go through will be lost. No friend that lied on me will be lost. No no discouraging moment will be lost. When I was on my bed all by myself, that ain't going to be lost. When I had to put two nickels together, that ain't going to be lost. When I had sickness in my body, that ain't going to be lost. I serve a God that can make all things work together. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the up and the down. He gonna make it all work together for my good so I can praise him because he's gonna make it all. Nothing will be lost. Watch this. Watch this. So, so here's the thing. You got two responses to failure. Here we go. Two responses to failure. The flawed response is remorse. That when I fail, now I feel remorseful about it. But come on, let's go. The flawsome response is repentance. Okay, you missed what I just said. Uh, thank you for taking the notes, but don't miss the revelation of what I just said. The flawed response is remorse, is regret. Is, watch this. Some of you are have so many regrets, you can't even find a way to praise God. Because you live in the zone of regrets. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have did this. I shouldn't have missed the mark. I, sh I shouldn't have made that decision. I shouldn't have dated that person. I shouldn't have married that person. Come on, regret, regret, regret. I shouldn't have never got that job. I should have never filled out that application. Okay, y'all still ain't with me. I got you, 9 o'clock. I should have never spent that money. I should have never spent that money. I should have never spent that money. I wish you would sit here and look at me like I'm crazy when I know when you know I'm talking to you. There are many of us who live our lives in the zone of regret. But the flawsome response is repentance. See, watch this. Remorse makes you be locked into a moment of failure. But repentance makes you face the failure and gives you space to move on from the failure. The reason you haven't moved on from the failure is because you still locked into the remorse of what you did. But when you repent about it, God says you can move on with your life because old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. God says repentance says I've learned what not to do and I'm not going to do it again. And God is saying, I don't need you to, to fail and live in the regret and the remorse of what happened. I need you to take the failure and say, I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. I feel a praise working up on me already because some of y'all looking at somebody's life and counting them out and saying it's over for them and they made too many mistakes but can I just have somebody in here that say I don't give a bump about what I made mistakes in the past I serve a God that's getting ready to take my life somewhere I serve a God that's getting ready to do something with my failures. I serve a God that can make my wrongs right I serve a God that can turn it around and that's why I'm bold enough to give God praise in the midst of what it looks like because my failure is not final. I might have failed but I repented over what I did wrong and I believe there is more after this failure. There is more after divorce. There is more after bankruptcy. There is more after a bad breakup. There is more after failure. So I searched the scripture. Looking for someone that battled with failure. And I came up with a perfect candidate. A man by the name of Peter. Peter, the disciple. Peter, the apostle. Peter. What, what, what better?
person to talk about failure than Peter. Peter, who walked with Jesus, and Jesus looked at him one day and said, you know you're going to fail, right? But I've already prayed for you. You don't believe me? Here we go. Luke 22, verse number 31 through 34. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you don't even know who I am. You know what I discovered? Watch this. You know what I discovered? That it's easier to act like a Christian than to react like one. I'm going to talk to this side because somebody didn't hear what I just said. I've discovered that it's easier to act like a Christian than to react like one. Oh, God, you're doing it this morning. You're acting like a good little Christian. You came to church. Check. Brownie point. You know, you're here and you're giving God glory. Check. Brownie point. You shout when you're supposed to shout. Check. Brownie point. It's easier to act like a Christian. Oh, but what do you do when somebody comes against you? What do you do when somebody talk about you? What do you do when somebody throws some shade at you on social media what do you do because it's easier to act like a Christian than to react like one and Peter's problem was he could act the part but he didn't know how to react like a Christian like some of us you love everybody now but go to your job tomorrow because you know how to act like a Christian but you don't know how to react like one <sighs> see uh, Peter, Peter, you're going to fail me. I'll never do that, Lord. Son, before the rooster crow, you would have denied me not once, not twice, but three times. You're going to deny me. <sighs> so I want to look at Peter's life and discover this morning, let's go, how to fail. I want to teach you how to fail. Pastor, I thought we came to church to learn how to succeed. Uh, failure is a part of life. And if I don't teach you how to fail, you'll get stuck in your failure. So I got to teach you how to fail. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I hope you're paying attention. Because pastor is going to teach us how to fail. Look back at him and say, because I want you to know, I hope you fail. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, I'm going to teach you how to fail. How do you fail, Pastor? Here's number one. Write this down. Fail early. Fail early. <sighs> so some people in here that say, um, if you're going to fail in this marriage, fail early. Year one, two. I don't need to get into 17. And you want to talk about failing now. Touch your neighbor and say, fail early, fail early. If, if you ain't going to like me, let me know on day two of me starting this job. Because I don't want somebody that smiles in my face all the time. They're trying to take my place. Okay, I need you to fail, fail early. If you trifling. Let me know early. Let me, let me know before, before I get too deep and tell you my business. Because I need to know, are you trifling? Because I need you to fail early. God is telling me to tell somebody, you need to fail early. Pastor, where you get that from? Matthew, the 26th chapter, verse number 31 through 35. Come on, you didn't come to Bible study, so let me teach you now. Then Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if you fall away on account of you, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I don't care what these other disciples do. I'm not doing it. I'm going to be with you. Through the end. Jesus answered, I truly I tell you, 
this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you, Jesus. And all the other disciples said the same. Jesus was trying to show them, you will fail. You will fail. Watch this. How did Peter fail early? Because that was my point, right? When my point was fail early. Okay, so how did Peter fail early? Watch this. This is how Peter fails early, and this is how you and I fail early. You ready? We, Peter, not you, but Peter, overpromised and underdelivered. How are we failing? Because we overpromising and underdelivering. I'll be with you always. Overpromise. And under deliver. I got your back. Over promise. And under deliver. I'm going to go to work on time. Over promise. And under deliver. I'm going to get to church on time. Let me keep on going. Let me keep on going. I ain't got to say nothing right there. Over promise. And under deliver. I'm going to be committed to this ministry. Over promise. And underdeliver. Because when you overpromise and you underdeliver, come here, I'm talking to you. You know what happens? You speak without thinking. Reason we failing because we speaking without thinking. And that's how we find ourselves in failure. We overpromise and we underdeliver. We overpromise. We say, watch this, I'm gonna be out of debt by such and such date. The only problem is our money can't touch and agree with our confession. Touch your neighbor and say, overpromise and underdeliver. We say, I'm going to reach this goal, but our work ethic don't back up our prophetic com uh, conversation. Watch this, because you know what we do? We love, saints, you, us, we love to put faith in areas that our works are dead. Your works are dead. Losing weight and ain't went to the gym yet. Works are dead. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a friend and ain't picked up the phone not one time. Works are dead. I'm going to be committed to this ministry and the first day you have a bad day. Works are dead. We put faith in areas that our works are dead in. And we carry the failure because we overpromise and underdeliver. We used to say it like this. You write a check with your mouth that your actions can't cash. We overpromise in expectations, and, but then we underdeliver in execution. Why? You know why we do that? You ready? You know why? God had to check me about this. You know why? Because we think we got it. We think we can handle it. We overestimate our ability and underestimate what could happen in the process. So you're going to get out of debt by such and such date, but you don't see that the car's going to break down in between those dates. And that, ladies and gentlemen, here we go, is a form of pride that leaves us vulnerable. We prideful nowadays. Think we got it. Think we can handle it. Because, watch this. Catch this revelation. An unguarded strength is a double weakness. Oh, I got this. Honey, that's a weakness right there. When you think you got this, let me tell you something. Don't you ever get so lifted up that you think you're such a good person in a relationship. Because the moment you think you got it, something to pull the rug up under, from up under you. See, I, 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 see here's the problem. Um, 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 I got to keep my excitement in check sometimes. Because my excitement, listen to this, will make me commit to things that I know I'm not going to finish. That's why when people ask you if you're coming, you need to back up before you answer. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. You get all excited to things that you know you ain't going to finish. Get all excited about the church. And you know you ain't going to follow through. 
I had a real conversation one day with somebody, and I said, I get so frustrated sometimes because the saints, they come in all excited, and, and when life starts happening, then they get frustrated, and they want to quit, and they want to give up. And, and what I've discovered, the person said this to me, and this thing messed me up. They said, why would you expect them to be committed to church when they ain't even committed to their own lives? If they flaky in their own lives, why would they be flaky to the church? And I say, you know what? You telling the doggone truth. Because sometimes people get excited and say stuff in the excitement of the moment. Come on. How many times have you told people you loved them and you really didn't? <sighs> oh, y'all want me to go there? Okay, you're going to sit there. Okay, come on. I, I got to keep my desires in check because my desires will lead me to want things that don't glorify God. I got to keep my confidence in check because my confidence will lead me to arrogance. And what I've discovered about when you're arrogant, you start missing stuff because you think you got it under control. That's why your boss had to come in and flip the script on you because you started to think that you had it all together, that you could do your job and her job at the same time. And she had to come in and say, well, do this. And now you're sitting there sweating sweating at the desk, trying to figure out how you're going to get it done because you can never walk in arrogance. You got to kill that pride and realize that if, it, it, if God don't help me, it won't get done. If God don't help me, it will not come through. If God don't help me, I will never be successful. I got to make sure that my confidence is not in myself, but my confidence has to be in God. So I will do what I do and be what I be with the help of God. What you mean, pastor? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me not through my intellect not through my money not through my connections but I can do all things through Christ see fail early so you can get the success later God is going to prosper whatever you put your hands to but you need to go ahead and fail early uh, my first point is fail early but here's my second point here we go fail often pastor what are you saying you tell us fail early, now you say it fail often. Just, just hang with me just for a minute. Let me, let me argue my case just for a minute. Um, Mark 14, verse number 60, 60, 72. Look what the Bible says. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. She said, ain't you the one that was with that Nazarite? Uh, Jesus, that Nazarene Jesus. Verse 68 says, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. And he went out the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. He was with that Jesus. Verse number 70, again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near uh, said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. Verse 71, he began to call down curses, and he swore to them. Y'all don't know what that means, but what that means, in, in literally, it means he started cussing at them. He cussed them out. He said, I don't know this man you're talking about. Verse 72, immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Now, what was my point? Fail often. Let the church say fail often. Say it with some power in your voice. Say fail often. Um, Peter, you didn't just deny me one time. But the text says three times. Because there is power in failing often. Now, let me clear this up before you think I'm taking you somewhere that I'm not. I'm not talking about failure in an irresponsible, reckless, and negligent way. I'm not talking about you get paid on Friday and say, oh, let me fail often and just blow your whole check in one night. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil is a liar. But I'm talking about failures that are attached to a calculated, methodical way of doing your life. It means you are trying at something in a calculated, counted the cost before you did it, a methodical way, fail often in those areas. See, the problem in the text is that when Peter failed and denied Christ three times, the rooster crowed just like Jesus said. Now, if you're paying attention, I'm going to tie something up for you. Could it be that every time Peter heard the rooster crowing. 
his guilt and shame of his failure came back all over again? You missed the beginning of my message. Just like the conditioned dog. Could it be that every one of us in here today, that we all have triggers to our failures? And sometimes we don't even recognize them. Could it be that the reason you can't get no praise out because your rooster is crowing in your head? Telling you, you better not. Uh-uh, you ain't good enough. You didn't do it right. Put that hand down. Don't holler like that. Because deep memories within us that take us back to the place of our failures will creep up at the worst of times. And what happens is, is that we spend so much energy on past guilt that we can't move into the purposes of, of God for our lives. You know what happens? We become stuck. Ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, are you stuck? And when you are stuck, you turn into, listen to this, when you are stuck, you turn into, I need you to hear this. When you are stuck, you turn into a reactionary believer like you are today. You are a reactionary believer. There are many of you sitting on the sound of my voice that have turned into a reactionary believer because you are stuck. Here we go. Watch this. What's a reactionary believer? Watch this. You can only believe God based on the reactions of God. So you have faith for the after, not for the before. You can talk a big game about how God can supply all your needs after you pull up in a new car. But can you talk about how he can supply all your needs when the car just broke down? God help me. Ah, see, some of us are reactionary believers. We just believe God based upon what he's already done. But there's some of us that believe God based upon what he's getting ready to do. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Neither has it entered the heart of the man. The great things that God has in store for me. So I ain't got to wait to give God glory. I ain't got to wait till the battle is over. I can shout right now because my God, I'm not going to praise him based on his reaction. I'm going to praise him based upon what I know. What I know is that God is going to make a way out of no way. So it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I got to take a pause for the cause and find out is there anybody in here that can give God glory and give God praise on credit for what God is getting ready to do. He ain't got to do it in order for me to praise him. I can praise him before he does it. He ain't got to make a way out of no way I can praise him before he makes the way is there anybody here that can give God glory oh credit before he does it see there's too many of us there's too many of us that we are waiting for God to do something before we can bless him before he does it we waiting on him to do it we waiting on him to make a way watch this we waiting on the prayer we just prayed two days ago for it to be answered before we make a deeper commitment to God. Because if he don't do that, then I can't make a commitment. And God says, I will not withhold any good thing from you. So if I didn't release it, maybe it's because you don't need it. God help me. Because he said, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So some of you need to look at your situation and say, it ain't working out the way I thought it was going to work out. But I'm still going to bless him in spite of what it looks like. Can I have just a few blessings in here that say, I'm, just, I'm not a reactionary praiser. I'm a responsible praiser. I'm a responsible worship. I'm responsible for me to bless him. I'm responsible for me to glorify. Him. Oh. Oh. oh God, it's like, watch this, when you don't deal with your failure, it's like the Coke can, watch this, you got failures on the inside of you, and what happens is, as life goes on, you know what happens, life just starts to shake you up. And you get shaken by every failure that happens in your life. And you get shaken up by it. Now, if you think I'm about to open this right now, you's a fool. <laughs> because what happens is, the more I shake it, if I go to open it, what happens? It'll explode. But let me tell you what we do with our failures. You ready? Here's what we do with our failures. Instead of us dealing with the shakings of life, you know what we do? We take it 
and we put it in the freezer. Because I don't want to deal with this right now. So let me put it on ice, and I'll come back to it later. But anybody know that when you shake up a can of soda and you put it in the freezer, do you know what happens? It explodes not from the top but from the sides. Okay, you still ain't with it. You ready for this? You ready for this? Um, mm, it's the can that you shake that when you put it in the freezer, it explodes not from the top but now from the sides. And here's the problem with undealt with failures. Six months after the failure, after it's been shaken up and you put it in the freezer, the marriage falls apart. It explodes now, here we go, from the sides. No, you ain't going to get on the altar and cry because you don't want nobody to know what you're going through. No, you ain't going to be real when you come to the house of God. You, you ain't going to release a praise that lets out everything that's going on down in your spirit. Because my pride is bigger than my need to deal with this failure. So I put it on ice, never realizing that six months later it's going to affect other areas of my life. The failure on your job that you didn't deal with. Now three months later, you got problems with everybody on the job. Because it got shaken up and put in the freezer, and you never dealt with it. You, you, you can't heal what you conceal. This, this lovely face that we keep putting on, watch this, it eventually comes out. And the problem is it comes out sideways. You ready for this? Here we go. And now we have to deal with your failures because your explosion gets on us. Now it's in my eyes and it's burning. Because instead of you dealing with the shaking, you just let it explode. And then get mad with those around you that you spilled on. I was talking to everybody this morning. I know, we don't, I know 9 o'clock, y'all real prim and proper. Y'all don't want to move too much. This is the traditional, sancti you know, y'all's traditional at this service. But is there anybody in here that say, I know what you're talking about. That when you don't deal with stuff, it will explode sideways later on. Touch three people around you and tell them, deal with it, 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 deal with it. See, here's what the revelation, I'm going quickly. Here's the revelation. This thing messed me up. Some failures in our lives is not just the trial of our faith. But what if your failure was a trial, watch this, of your trust. See, many of us equate failures with faith, but what if failure really had to do with your trust in God? Because faith is the ability to see what God has already willed for your life. But when you are trusting God, you don't know exactly how or where he's leading. Okay, let me put it like this. Have you ever failed in life and got to the end of the failure and say, God, I don't know what you're doing. I thought that was the way. I thought that was how we were going to work it out. I thought how that was going to come through. And now I'm looking at my life and wondering to myself, see, that ain't about faith. That's about trust. God is saying, can you trust me even when you can't trace me? Can you trust me even when you don't know what I'm go what's going on in your life? Can you trust me when the relationship fall apart? Can you trust me when you get a pink slip? Can you trust me? when you ain't got a dime to your name because it ain't about faith, it's about trust. And it dawned on me, maybe Peter, it was the testing of your faith, but it was also the testing of your trust in God. Failing brings you to a stop, but faith brings you back. And trust gives you the ability to hold on just a little while longer. I feel like encouraging somebody right there. Grab somebody by your hand that you're near. Shake it real good and tell them, hold on just a little while longer. I know it don't look like it's working out. I know it look, don't look like it's coming through. I know it look like it's falling apart. But I'm here to encourage somebody. Hold on just a little while longer. That's the wrong neighbor because they're looking at you crazy. Find somebody else. Shake their hand real good and tell them, hold on just a little while longer. I know it don't seem like it's coming together. I know you failed over and over again. But I'm here to let you know if you just trust 
trust God and hold on just a little while longer if you just hold to God's unchanging hand God will bring you through this God will pull you through this God will take you through this and on the other side of this is your success I'm here to let somebody know don't you give up on that marriage don't you give up on that job don't you give up on that child just hold on a little while longer because God is going to make a way out of no way points back to me. You got a first what? Fail what? Fail early. You got a second. You got to fail what? You got to fail often. Here's the last point. You got to fail forward. You got to fail forward. Jesus dies and resurrected. And Peter um, goes back to doing what he did before Jesus. What we do when failure hits our life, we go back to doing what we did before Jesus. Problem is, if you're going to fail, at least fail in the direction of forward and not backward. I don't need you to touch your neighbor, touch yourself and say, I ain't going back. I know it ain't good English, but it's good preaching because there's some of you that need to declare, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to what I used to. I'm not going back to what I did before. I'm not going back to the season that I used to be in. I'm not going back to what is comfortable. If I'm out here, I might as well keep going forward. I've come too far to turn back now. I'm too far out here to turn around now. I got to keep going forward. And the Bible says, watch this, Peter goes back to what he's used to. What does Peter do? The Bible says, John the 21st chapter, at the beginning of John the 21st chapter, it's not, that's not where I'm at. John the 21st chapter, Peter goes fishing. Peter was a fisherman. And the Bible says, watch this, this thing messed me up. The Bible says, and they caught nothing. Help me understand this. Jesus comes along and says, I'll make you fishers of men. And you were successful at that. But because you had a failure, now you go back to what you used to, and you go back to fish and fish. And the Bible says, and they caught nothing. Because sometimes God won't let you go back. Because he knows what you're successful at. And in spite of your failures, he wants you to stay the ground and keep the course. Here we go. Watch this. The Bible says that they caught nothing. Which means, you ready for this? Jesus used a failure to address a failure. You missed what I just said. Jesus used a failure, they caught nothing, to address Peter's failure. Bible says Jesus shows up before he's ascended into heaven. And the Bible says that he goes fishing, catches something, and then he starts fr frying up a fish dinner for them. I mean, could you imagine how good this fish must have tasted? That the master is sitting there cooking for you. I, I know your grandma and them can cook real good, but I said the master of the universe the, the, the fisher of men that made the fish is cooking the fish for them. And watch this. He, he serves them. And, and, and the Bible says, watch this. I want you to catch this. That when they caught nothing, the Bible says the next morning was when Jesus was cooking the fish for them and served it to them. Here's a revelation. You ready for this? The next morning? Why is the text saying the next morning? What time do roosters crow? I know y'all in country like me. I know y'all city people and you don't know nothing about chickens and you don't know anything about farms. But, but the time that roosters crow is in the morning. Peter is coming off a failure on top of a failure. He failed at being a good disciple. He denied Jesus. And now he's failing at being a fisherman. He caught nothing. And Jesus shows up at the very moment that the reminder of his failures would start singing. Yes, some kind of Jesus right there. That Jesus will address my issues at the worst moments in my life. Aren't you glad that when you're sitting on the side of your bed with crying your eyes out, you got a God that'll come see about you and when nobody else won't answer their phone, he'll step right into your bedroom and throw his arms around you and let you know that everything is going to be alright. I need to know is there anybody that can give God praise because you serve a God that when you're in the midst of your failure, he'll show up and come see about you. And John 21, verse number 15 through 17, I'm done. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, 
Simon, son of John, I know you failed me, but do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. As if Jesus completely ignored the first question. He turns around and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? The text says, watch this, that Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Question that God is asking somebody in here today with all your failures. Jesus wants to know, do you love me more than these? More than your failures. More than your flaws. Do you love me more than, the, more than these? Watch this. The thing messed me up. Peter asked the question, Jesus asked the question, do you love me? And the text says that Peter became hurt by the question. Don't you know I love you? Here's what I discovered. Sometimes Jesus has to hurt you in order to help you. He has to let you be offended in order to change what you're thinking. Here's what I've discovered. This is a hard lesson for the saints to learn. Do you know Jesus don't care about your pity party? Do you know God don't care about you falling out and having a tantrum? Because sometimes God looks at you and say, when you're done, <laughs> now we can move on. Do you love me more than these? Here's a revelation. Let me give you some equations and I'm done. When you deal with failure, come on, let's go to the first one. Sin minus grace equals guilt. You know what's so powerful? You can never unsin, but you can always repent. I can't go back and change the sins of my past, but I can repent over them. So what happens? Here's the equation that God is trying to get you to. Sin plus grace equals gratitude. I'm done. You know how you can tell a praiser? A praiser is somebody that know that they sin and know that grace has been applied to your life. And ain't nobody got to ask you to give God glory and give God praise. Because when you look at all the stuff that God wiped your slate clean, that God made you over again, that God healed you and set you free from the foolishness of your past, ain't nobody got to ask me to lift my hands. Ain't nobody got to ask me to stand on my feet and give God glory. Because when I look at what God did for me and the grace he applied to my life, I ain't nothing but grateful. And I stopped by this morning on at 9 o'clock service at the Freedom Church to find out, is there anybody in here that say, I'm grateful and I got gratitude that grace has been applied to my sin and has been washed away. What do you think we just did when we took of the Lord's Supper? It was for me to get back to a place that I'm grateful that my sins have been blood washed and God made me over again. Is there anybody in here that could give God just about five seconds of grateful gratitude that tells God? I thank you that when I messed up that wasn't over for me that when I missed the mark you still forgave me when I missed the mark that you still looked out for me and I got gratitude and I'm grateful that the God I serve he washed my sins away if there are any blood washed believers in here stand on your feet and give God glory and give God praise that your sins have been forgiven Here's the power. Here's the power behind this story. Here's the power. Peter, cussing Peter. We just saw where he cussed. Not only was he a cusser, he was a thug. Because the Bible says that he cut a man's ear off. Because he came at Jesus the wrong way. And Jesus, to get him out of trouble, had to pick up the ear and put it back on the man's head. And told Peter, Peter, listen, listen. Peter, you can't be doing this, man. It ain't my time yet. You're cutting the fool. You can't do it. And watch this. That same cussing, thugging, um, denying of his Savior, Peter, turns around and 
preaches one message and thousands came. Same Peter becomes one of the apostles. So you think that what you have done and your failures are blocking you from becoming who God wants you to be? Can I tell you something? Freedom, hear your pastor. Stop with all this self-pity about what you've done in your past. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why I got a free and praise. That's why I can praise him no matter what's going on. Because I know what he did for me that I couldn't do for myself. So I hope you fail. Because failures move you closer to your success. Every head bowed, every hand lifted. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for what you have spoken over our lives. We realize that failure is not final. That you can take our failures and do more with our failures and bring us into a place of success in you. Not success based upon the world standard. Success in you, God. That you love us with an unconditional love. That you have forgiven the stuff we've done in our past. And for that, we tell you thank you. I want you to take a moment with your hands lifted up. And I need you to open your mouth and thank God that your sins are forgiven. That your failures have not, made, have not become your final destination. But God is using your failures to take you to what he has for you. Thank him for your failures. Thank him for your failures. Thank him for every time you missed a mark. Because it was bringing you to that successful place. Watch this. Now this next praise needs to be for where God is getting ready to take you. Come on. You should have lifted up a praise right there. Come on, open your mouth and bless him for where he's getting ready to take you. That in spite of the divorce, in spite of the breakup, in spite of the no money, thank God for where he's getting ready to take you. Thank him for the failure was not your final destination, but he's using your failure to take you to where he wants you to be. See yourself in the future. And we thank him and we bless him. So God, we glorify your name. We bless you for your word. Thank you for every failure. For every time we didn't think we were going to make it. Thank you. Every time we thought it was over for us. And when the enemy thought he had the best of us, you lifted up a standard every single time. And we thank you. Watch this. Thank you that even in our failure, you didn't allow us to get stuck in our own head. But you pulled us out of that place of depression, that place of heaviness, that place that was caused by the failure. Thank you for moving us beyond that. And now we can receive our strength. We can receive our strength for where you're taking us. And we bless you. And we honor you. In Jesus' name. If you don't know Jesus for yourself, every head, body, every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus.